coming up on the Anchor Person's Halloween Spooktacular. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, in Massachusetts, in October. A penny saved is a penny wise. Brains, the other gray meat. Baby's secret is demonic possession. And what do ghost guns have to do with an unsolved mystery from a newscast in the 1980s? Stay tuned to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the northwest, the land of trees and rivers, and the one and only home of Bigfoot, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Corpses. I'm Gene Corpse. And I'm Greg Corpse. No relation. Anchor Corpses is a news show for corpses who don't like news shows by corpses who don't like news shows. Don't be alarmed, though, guys. We're only corpses because it's Halloween. We're going to be regular people again next week. Regular persons. Yes, we will. We will return to our regularly scheduled personhood. Yeah, we didn't actually die. Don't call anybody, please. This is a trick, not a treat. (laughs) Yes. Please Please don't have anybody do a welfare check on us. Right. Let's get into tonight's story beats. A Wyoming man accused of drunk driving allegedly tried to convince the arresting officer that his four-year-old son had been the one behind the wheel. Because, you know, that would be better, somehow. A Liberian teen is being hailed as a hero for finding $50,000 and returning it to its rightful owner. Had he been a libertarian teen, he'd have just kept it. And had he been a librarian teen, he would have bought a bunch of books for everyone to enjoy. A lost and missing hiker in Colorado ignored several attempted calls from search and rescue volunteers because they didn't recognize the number. But local search and rescue still has a message for you, hiker, now that you're safe. And it's this. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. A new infant planet has been discovered by researchers in Hawaii. It must be a pretty small planet indeed if it can even fit in Hawaii. Two in five Americans say ghosts exist. One in five say they've encountered one. And of those, one in five million reported that the ghost took them on a horrifying tour of their past, present, and future. Science has revealed that men with big noses have big penises, but I think we already knew that Pinocchio was packing wood. By the way, congratulations, Gene. (laughs) I do have a pretty big nose. Not gonna lie. All right, enough about this news. Let's get into main news. All right. Now, uh, this week's news item for main news, ghost guns have been banned in San Diego. So there's Mm. some spooky news for you. But what a ghost gun actually is, is just a gun without a serial number, which you'd think would already be illegal. Uh, I know in a lot of jurisdictions it is, um, but it's now illegal to own, sell, or transport a gun without a serial number in San Diego. The local gun club is predictably up in arms, if you will despite not being ghosts, as their overwhelming whiteness would have you believe. Mm-hmm. So do you think do you think the absence of a serial number it indicates that we're dealing with a, a serial killer? Oh, yep, I see what you did there. But if you were going to kill a bunch of people in succession, this would be the way to do it, because there'd Probably. be no way to track the gun. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, okay, so when I was growing up, my dad watched the news a lot, and I often paid attention to those stories. There were two stories that creeped me out and got under my skin, and for the life of me, I can't remember very many details about them. Both stories involved people waking up at home to find blood all over their walls around Halloween. It was kind of in a single line along the wall, as if someone cut themselves and leaned on the wall while they were walking. Uh, Both stories, and I think they were about a year apart, mentioned specifically that there were no signs of a break-in or forced entry, and that the doors were locked. I never saw follow-up reports explaining the blood trails on the walls. I never heard an answer, and many, many Google searches over the years have turned up absolutely nothing. Unfortunately, I don't know where they happened. I have no real details. I remember that one was a family and the other was a retired couple, and I distinctly remember similar footage of both homes of, like, a camera following the blood trail on off-white walls down carpeted hallways and across doors. I know I'm not making it up. I don't know if I'm maybe mistaken about some aspect of the stories, but the memory remains, and the mystery of it continues to chill me. Hmm. Now, before we get into drawing uh, parallels and connections between these two stories, mm-hmm. uh, do you know, Gene, what search engine monsters use? Um, what search engine monsters use? Yeah, it's Google. Mm. 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 <laughs> That's right. It's Greg's time to shine. Buckle the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> going to be Crypt Keeper puns all night, babies. Settle in. My goodness. Right, so obviously you've got a bloody ghost here because there's a corporeal being couldn't have entered the house. No forced entry. Right, so we've got a locked room mystery, effectively, and blood on the walls. I don't know that a ghost would be my go-to because I don't know that, like, is there actual documentation of number one, the fact that ghosts exist, and number two, the 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 fact that they were would be able to bleed on the walls. I, I've seen neither. Well, to your first question, I've seen movies with as many as thirteen ghosts in them. God, and of course, I did go on the haunted mansion where there are nine hundred and ninety nine happy haunts. That's way but too many ghosts for one. It's building. a lot of ghosts. Yeah. Holy it's, it's, shit. Yeah, it's, it is a crowded house. Let me tell you what, but. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know that I actually believe in ghosts still. I mean, I feel like there are other explanations that are more reasonable, and that's that's where I'm always gonna fall on things like this unless I'm proven wrong by actual empirical evidence. At a certain point, I feel like you're just twisting yourself up in knots to deny the existence of ghosts. I just told you I saw it in a movie. What mm-hmm. are they pointing the camera at if the ghosts aren't even there? <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious, Greg. Thank you. And I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, I have Googled uh, some stuff. <laughs> uh, scream bleeding ghost face costume for boys. Adult bleeding ghost face costume. Child bleeding ghost face costume. Now, what are these costumes based on? You're telling me that that folklore three people four people all had the same idea for a costume just based on nothing no it's all based on folklore and storytelling 
Okay, and, but I, I mean, where does the folklore come from? I mean, I think, I think the idea of haunting comes from the fact that that the afterlife is a mystery to us. So, I, I and and you know, death largely is something you can't understand unless you go through it. I think all of that is is what spurs on this folklore. Well, and yet you have the physical evidence of the bleeding ghost on the walls in these stories. You are making a tremendous leap of logic, Greg. I'm You I'm, are you are you are presuming the answer <laughs> before you even proceed, and that's that's not the way things work. Well, as you said yourself, it's a locked room mystery. We don't want to yeah. impute any nefarious or mischievous motives to the peoples whose houses were vandalized by these bleeding ghosts. But if we're employing Occam's razor, isn't it more likely that a family member had a key? Maybe and a family what, member with a troubled history? Let themselves in and bled on the walls and left and nobody knew? Okay, family member is attacked, is stabbed realizes they've got something stored at that house or there's something of value in that house and lets themselves in they're not holding themselves upright so they're leaning against the wall because maybe the stab wound was in one of their arms they walk along the walls and then retrieve whatever they're going for and leave gene let me ask do you genuinely think that that is a more that is a more parsimonious explanation than a bleeding ghost yeah, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you exactly why. People who get stabbed actually exist. True, true. But I, I feel like this is the evidence of the existence of the ghost, is that a room with a locked... A fucking locked room has blood all over it that nobody will cop to putting there. Ergo, mm -hmm. it, it's like the ghost from the family circus. You know, the not-me ghost. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. So everybody, they ask him, hey, did you bleed on this wall? Not me. And, oh. you know, that's eventually, you know, that's all the explanation you're left with. So bleeding ghosts, where do they come from? Why are they bleeding? They don't come from anywhere. <laughs> they don't exist. Jesus Christ, Greg. Well, <laughs> the, the obvious answer is ghost guns. You think ghost guns? Oh, so, so you're saying ghost guns kill ghosts and, right. and make them bleed which is why i i, I can't believe i'm so, gonna say this i'm so actually there's some, gonna... some magic in this in the serial number that anchors it to the living world well but you scratch that off and suddenly you can attack ghosts well and that's exactly it because this is this is your occam's razor solution to this problem well yeah because the ghost the bleeding ghost we've established all right that's that's ironclad the ghost gun Obviously, it does exist, because if they didn't, we wouldn't have to ban it. So, I mean, the thing is, the serial number does tie the gun to the material world. You're right about that. Good intuition. Because that's, you know, it's it's in computers, it's in files. You know that it's there, it's real. You scratch that gun off, it effectively disappears. You can still hold it, but it's, its presence in the larger world is more liminal so you can use it to shoot ghosts which is why and i can't believe i'm gonna say this i'm actually gonna come down on the side of the gun club with this one because we do need a way to protect ourselves from ghosts greg person can, yeah can you 
stop trolling me for like a couple of minutes? I'm I'm not one of these Second Amendment, you know, fundamentalist guys, but yeah, there's there's a purpose for guns, and it's for you know self defense. Home defense is a valid reason to own a gun, and uh-huh. defense against ghosts is important because, as we know, they don't doors and windows mean nothing to a ghost. So here's the thing, though. Like, if the, if the answer is bleeding ghosts, I'm not actually scared. Because well, it seems like all they can do is bleed. It's so fucking like. silly. Because, I mean, come on, man. Well, if you come see on. a if you see a ghost that's already bleeding, right? You don't need mm. to defend yourself against that ghost. Somebody already got him. I feel like if so. I see a ghost, I don't need to defend myself against that ghost. Period. Well, that's always been my thing about ghosts is that, well, they're incorporeal. I don't care right. what they do. Right. What are you going to do? Turn my lights off and on? You, you know, know? I, I know a lot of people who have watched um, Ghost Adventures, which uh, I know a, a few of my friends used to refer to as Ghost Bros. <laughs> I love Ghost Bros. <laughs> um, uh, and it's, it's the most inane, silly TV show, but... I, I remember hearing one of my former bosses talk about it. Like those guys are doing something really dangerous. And I'm like, they're LARPing in the dark. <laughs> that's all they're doing is LARPing. Well, and and the thing about that show that's always so great is they're like, Oh wow. Do you feel this cold spot over here? Right. Whoa, bro. It just went down like two degrees in here. Right, like, so what? That house is 150 fucking years old. <laughs> right, there's gonna like, be drafts. It's made out of balsa wood and there's no central air. <laughs> uh, so what do we actually think caused the blood on these walls? Because I need to know. I and, and I need it to be a Are you realist. listening to me, bro? <laughs> ghosts! Bleeding ghosts! Jesus! Okay, here's 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 an idea. And, and it's, it doesn't tie ghost guns to the mystery of the bloody walls, but um, sleepwalking. One of the residents was sleepwalking and cut themselves. And somehow they weren't able to connect the dots between their cut and the sleepwalking. See, and that's the thing. That's where I feel like you're trying to come up with, with a... a- corporeal explanation for this and if if i can be honest with you we're, we're friends we're honest with each other we respect each sure. other sure you're coming off a little silly oh i'm coming off a little silly <laughs> i'm just Fuck saying you like, your your thing is like okay a menstruating woman is sleepwalking <laughs> no <laughs> wait at one point did i mention menstruation <laughs> i'm just saying that's that's another uh, that's like, another explanation in the so, same so, vein, so a menstruating woman is sleepwalking she rubs her vaginas on the wall her <laughs> vaginas <laughs> plural <laughs> she, she gets so you're getting a rise there, out of me hard, here which is hard no but squirt guns filled with uh, filled with fake blood well but when they investigated it did they say that it was fake blood they didn't say that it was real or fake See, and that's the thing is, I feel like if if we did like a real thorough forensic examination here, we could mm-hmm. type the blood, we could match it to anybody in the family, and then if or, it was or or a different species, perhaps like a ghost, or Greg. Well, obviously, like... ghosts bleed. We've established that, and so if if we can type the ghost blood, we'll know definitively 
That's a ghost. Here's an idea that's actually really plausible because they can fit in nooks and crannies. A bat injured itself. And the way the the line of blood along the walls, as jagged as it was, it could have very well been a bat bleeding and just bumping continually into the wall because they weren't able to fly correctly. Well, see, because there you would you would have little little splats and like I would have to see the blood spatter pattern to really dexter this out. And if I could and find the footage, I absolutely would show you, but I haven't been able to find it. So I, you know I what? Was desperate to find it and couldn't. So. I'm 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 actually I don't care if we tie these two things together because this is probably the most fun I've ever had in one of these segments, um, and uh, I I think I've just come up with a solution that sounds actually really plausible to me mm-hmm. and sets my mind at ease, so All I'm right. less bothered by this mystery. So you go on believing they're bleeding ghosts. I'll go on believing, you know, maybe it was some animal, maybe a bat, probably a bat, and. Uh, and we'll just move into breaking news. All right. Well, we're, yeah, we're going to have to uh, agree to disagree on this one because I can't talk sense to you when you're like this. I don't think there's any agreeing. I think we just disagreed. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Police in Guelph, Canada, have arrested a machete-wielding clown on a bike. Around 2.30 a.m. last Friday, someone called the police to report a fight had broken out and that a man holding a machete and wearing a clown mask had dragged another man out of a building. And I appreciate that he was masked up, but, you know, you're dragging another man out of a building. That is not proper social distancing, bro. The victim did manage to escape and run, and so the clown grabbed a bike and tried to bike away with machete hanging out of his backpack. Responding officers, for some reason, easily spotted the perpetrator riding his bike and wearing a clown mask with a machete dangling off his back. And it was revealed that the altercation was a drug deal involving fentanyl, uh, stolen debit cards and driver's licenses and other drug paraphernalia. The clown faces multiple charges, including menacing, assault and squirting the arresting officer in the face through hijinks. When asked for comment, the clown responded, a storm blew me away, blew the whole circus away. Can you smell the circus, Georgie? There's peanuts, cotton candy, hot dogs, and balloons. The reporter responded, balloons, huh? Do they float? And the clown replied, oh, yes, Georgie. They float. They float down here, Georgie. And, and when you're down here with us, we'll all float on all right. The reporter then asked, what is that, Modest Mouse? And the clown revealed that he'd been a demon known as the Violator the entire time. That's a lot. There's a lot of twists in that story. Yeah, I didn't know where I wanted to take it, so I just took it everywhere. All right. Well, <laughs> it's a real, real Halloween spooktacular kind of a kind of a hot dog wrapped in a churro. <laughs> Yeah, it is it is kind of the, the turducken of, of the breaking news. <clears throat> well, for my breaking news, great white sharks have returned to Cape Cod. Uh, no one's come forward to report having been attacked this year. Investigators say that survivors may be once bitten, twice shy. Hmm. The resurgence of the seal population has led to the return of the great whites, and not everyone is happy about it. Said one local shark expert. Didn't see the first shark for about a half an hour. Tiger. 
13-footer. You know how you know that in the water, Chief? You can tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know is that our bomb mission was so secret, no distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us as overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising by. As we formed ourselves into tight groups. It was sort of like you see in the calendars, you know, the infantry squares and the old calendars, like the Battle of Waterloo. And the idea was a shark would come to the nearest man. That man, he starts pounding and hollering, and sometimes that shark would go away. Sometimes it wouldn't go away. Sometimes that sharks look right into you, <laughs> right into your eyes. And the thing about a shark is he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living till he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched scream and the ocean turns red. And despite all your pounding and your hollering, those sharks come in and they rip you to pieces. Good stuff. All right. Shall we move on to the uh, fake true story? Oh, yes. I'm very much looking forward to this one. A Washington news station accidentally broadcast about 13 seconds of porn during their weather report. Although everyone was professional and nobody reacted, we now present what they ought to have said. And now here's Terry to tell us if we can look forward to some nice weather this weekend. Um, hmm. As you can see, it's a full moon. I'll say. Uh, the temperature is going down. Is that his name? And it promises to be a bit nipply, or titties. I mean, cloudy. Cloudy with a chance of, well, some kind of balls anyway. But the cloud should clear up by hump day. I mean, fuck day. I mean, two people fucking. Uh, that'll do, I think. Uh, thanks for that look at who's coming. Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. All right, our final spooky touching tips... Surviving a horror movie this week. Slasher movies are basically opposite day. Renting a secluded cabin to get high and fuck is the worst way to spend a weekend. Old people should be listened to. And the one guy wearing a mask is the asshole you should avoid. Here's a pro tip. When you arrive at a location and ominous music starts playing, just get back into the car and drive away. If you suspect your new neighbor is a vampire, drive a wooden stake through their heart. It should solve the problem either way. If you see something moving out of the corner of your eye, or hear something moving, and you haven't been surprised by anything yet, it's a cat. If you have been surprised by a cat already, though, watch out. If you get bit by a zombie, make sure to eat a tube of hydroxychloroquine. That shit cures everything. If hydroxychloroquine doesn't, for some reason, work on your zombie bite, remember, you can always invest in a big bucket of apple-flavored horse dewormer. Mm, yeah. All right, it is time for another What's Your 20? And this week we have chosen <laughs> 10 horror monsters apiece. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start it off with Dracula, the classic 
vampire, the original vampire, the one uh, by which all other vampire stories are measured. Of course, the Bella Lugosi performance is is you know my favorite, and um, he played it with a with a sexiness that's pretty incredible. How do you feel about this one, Greg? Yeah, I mean, Dracula is the classic, and the Bella Lugosi performance is the one against which all others are measured. Mm-hmm. There have there have been so many Draculas, and so many of them are great, but. Mm they're all going to be measured against this performance that's almost 100 years old now, but yeah. it's so iconic. Absolutely. Now, for my first pick, my number 10 pick, uh, The Tall Man, uh, the villain of the Phantasm movies. Mm-hmm. Now, kiddies, if you've never seen at least the first three Phantasms, uh, you should watch them. They are fantastic. I think they're all on Amazon now. I honestly can't tell you what these movies are about it would mean nothing to you but you should watch them they are i will say that angus grimm as the tall man is he is a scary big bad oh yeah absolutely i mean the tall man is someone that you see this movie when you're a kid as i did you will have intermittent nightmares about the tall man for the rest of your goddamn life (laughs) same yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know like our whole generation has been scarred by these movies but but that's what's beautiful about horror as a cultural touchstone sure and um yeah phantasm i mean the movies are justifiably regarded as great they're they're deeply weird and cheap and they don't make sense but they're not meant to it's there's a there's a surreal dream logic that powers them that makes them scarier. So yeah, watch watch uh, Phantasm be terrified by the tall man. You're welcome. So this next block of ones that I'm going to get into are creatures that scared me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the shark from Jaws. Bruce is the shark's name. Uh, after watching Jaws, I was very afraid to get into a swimming pool. Like, on an intellectual level, even at my young age, I understood there were no sharks in the swimming pool. Still gave me a panic attack at one point. Mm-hmm. During swimming lessons, no less, which I then failed because I wouldn't get in the water. Right. Fair. Like, I can see both people's sides of that one. Like, you not yeah. wanting to get in the water, but also the right. swim instructor, you know. There's got to be some kind of standard. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally get it. I mean, and and of course, as we all know, you know, any any uh, film snob will tell you the reason the shark works is because you don't see it very much. That's true. That's true. And the reason you don't see it very much actually is that the thing didn't work. Right. It was a shitty shark, and so they showed <laughs> as little as possible. And uh, it's it's great uh, to pile on to Count Dracula. I mm-hmm. have a guy who. Uh, could be considered an imitator, but is so distinctive. I think it's really its own category. Oh, I think Count, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Count Orlock from yeah. uh, the original Nosferatu, W.F. Murnau. And um, this is, I mean, it was originally intended to be a film of the Dracula stage play that had been very popular, but they couldn't get the rights to Dracula, so they had to create their own vampire character. And that's exactly it. They really did create their own vampire character. 
And he is one of the scariest looking creations in all of... I mean, he beats some of the monsters that you see in films today. Well, and really, Orlok is the first movie monster. Right. And, or at least the first iconic movie monster, the first one we remember. Mm -hmm. And um, they really did make something that was so distinctive that it's kind of its own genre of vampire now. Yeah, I think that's a great addition to this list. Indeed, whoever thought of it was really smart. My, <laughs> my next is another one that scared me when I was a kid, and I'm going to tell a little story about this. So while not like the greatest movie monster ever, I have added Predator to the list because there was a night when my parent, my dad was watching Predator. He told us not to look at the TV screen, <laughs> which is like the the most bullshit parenting move ever <laughs> because what are you going to do? You're going to look right at the screen. And I saw the predator's face right when he took his mask off and it scared the shit out of me. It's a genuinely horrifying, deeply alien thing, especially for, you know, a, like a little guy. And I, uh, I remember, um, they went next door because parents would leave their kids at home asleep back then in the eighties. And, uh, uh, they went next door to play like Pinochle or something and I couldn't get to sleep because I was terrified so I made up a story about hearing a broadcast on the radio which I didn't have a radio um, about uh, an escaped convict which I think I picked that up from like a Donald Duck cartoon or something yeah that seems plausible anyway and uh, I got in a lot of trouble uh, obviously uh, both for being out of bed and for lying and um, but I was so scared well you know we we kind of forget a lot of times we think of Predator as an action movie mm -hmm. but it is it is a horror movie it is and it has some real suspense elements in it but but that shocking reveal of the Predator's face was terrifying to a young Gene person I honestly, I wish I could remember the first time I saw it because I bet I had a similar reaction, but mm -hmm. I've, I've seen Predator so many times over the years because it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's a great movie. Now for my next monster, this one's a little bit conceptual um, because these are, I'm talking about Herbert West from the reanimator series. Okay. Now, uh -huh. This these are full of zombies and and weird chimerical creatures, but the only real monster in the whole mess is the guy who creates them, Herbert West, mm -hmm. um, played so memorably by Jeffrey Combs, one of my favorite actors, a true king. Um, all these movies directed by Stuart Gordon, another true king, um, and if you've never seen it. Uh, you're going to be absolutely delighted and disgusted by his portrayal. All right. I'm going to choose the, the, the next one on my list is, uh, I, I guess, maybe a stretch, but it's it's Pazuzu, the demon from The Exorcist. Now, I I don't really believe in demons, but the the way The Exorcist was executed was was really fucking scary. And uh, the first time I watched it, I was eight years old. And I'm, I'm not kidding. It gave me serious nightmares for years. You know, I would not have had the attention span for the exorcist at eight years old because that is a P 
people forget because they only remember like the last 15 minutes of the movie where it gets wild. But that uh-huh. movie's a slow burn. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't. Uh, I, w- I didn't watch the whole movie. I was just mostly exposed to the last 15 minutes. Hmm. Actually, probably like the last half hour, but still. Fuck. I mean, as a whole, I think it is a terrific movie. But mm-hmm. when when they're building up, because they, they have to take you along on this journey that there is no other possible explanation except possession right. to, get, to get you to accept it. And it's like this. I mean, it is unsettling for most of the uh-huh. movie. And then it doesn't get full bore scary until the end. But when it does, who boy. So good. Yeah. Now, for my next one, I can't tell you too much about it. Because there's a good chance that members of the audience won't have seen it, even though it's mm. fairly well known. And I don't want to spoil a single thing about this movie. Because the surprise is so essential. It's There's a movie called Audition. <laughs> and there's somebody in it who it turns out is pretty scary. Yes. So I I can't tell you a single thing more, but please, if you've never seen it, go see Audition. And also, I'm sorry. Yeah. So just so you know, if you think The Exorcist is a slow burn, Audition is much, much slower. Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. But the last 10 minutes of that movie pay off in horror what you have been building up to that whole time. So it may be, it may take a really long time to get there, but it is some of the most shocking cinema you will ever see. It's, it's one of those movies. I'm, I'm really glad I saw it. Same. It's great. I will probably never see it again. I will definitely never see it again. I just, I just can't. It's too fucking hard. (laughs) Hey, uh, Hey Greg. Yeah. Kitty, 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 nope, kitty, kitty, nope, kitty. nope, stop, stop, stop <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, the next on my list is I'm going to go with uh, The Blob. I, I'm, I'm speaking specifically of The Blob from the 80s remake, which is, I, I, I feel like it's a much better movie than the original. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, this is one that actually gave me some real nightmares when I saw it. Um, It didn't so much send me into therapy, but I remember having a dream where the blob was killing everyone and you could get vaccinated against the blob. And I was really worried that like my uncle wasn't going to get vaccinated, (laughs) which is an interesting, oddly prescient dream. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that that movie is is one of the sleeper hits of the 80s. I feel like people mm-hmm. have largely forgotten it in the horror canon of the 80s and they shouldn't have cuz it's legit great. Yeah, and it's it's very scary in a lot of points and it was it was kind of um I mean it wasn't peak body horror, but it was right right in there with that whole body horror movement. Now to go in a slightly different direction, my next pick is Gozer the Destroyer from original Ghostbusters. Mmm, sexy monster. Yes, we'll see, and that's that's the beautiful thing about it, is that Ghostbusters blends comedy and horror and a little bit of eroticism in a way mm-hmm. that was very formative to me as an extremely young, <laughs> impressionable person. 
Sure. So <laughs> the, the thing is, people will say that Ghostbusters is not a horror movie. Uh-huh. Those people are morons. Because while Ghostbusters is principally a comedy, there's a lot more horror elements than you would find in, say, Funny Farm. Right, right from the get-go, the opening shot of the movie is actually pretty scary. Oh, the, and and the scene with the librarian, right? And the the monster dogs, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of horror in that movie, and it's meant to scare you. And mm-hmm. and Gozer does that too. Gozer is the scariest part of the movie. Like they nail that. She's incredibly scary and menacing, and. Mm-hmm also hot and (laughs) that particular cocktail in my brain is something that still works on me all right the next on my list is going to be a trio it's uh pinhead frank and julia from hellraiser it's i i chose both pinhead frank and julia because i couldn't decide who was actually the monster in that story because you know frank is the one trying to open the box and he's obviously not a good person, but Julia has manipulated a lot of these events and pinhead is sort of the usher who opens the door to all of the horrors that exist when the box is open. So I don't, I I don't know um, who is the actual monster. All I know is I still love the movie Hellraiser with a, a tremendous passion. Oh, it's great. I watched it again uh, just a few months ago. And, I mean, yeah, there's there's parts of it that you can tell that they didn't have the budget that they wanted. and Oh, sure, yeah. But, you know, with what they did have, what they did with it, incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, the whole, the whole uh, coming up out of the floor and, and assembling. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But I think you know the scene that I'm talking about. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Do you know how they did that? That is a practical effect that they did by... For real? Yeah. Yeah. What they did was they they melted a wax figure, like this incredibly elaborate, detailed wax figure that they had cast, and then uh, played it in reverse. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's that's 100% practical movie magic is incredible it really is and there's there's straight geniuses working on that movie yeah like fact for sure Um, okay so this one is it is still horrific there's a lot of there's a lot of horror in this and it is a horror movie but it's also in that horror comedy vein psycho goreman if you Mm. haven't Mm -hmm. seen psycho goreman yet uh, which what the fuck is wrong with you? Go see it. <laughs> it's uh, Calvin and Hobbes as as written by Stuart Gordon. It's it's gory, it's grotesque, it's hyper violent, and yet it's animated by that that manic rebellious kid sensibility. And it's mm-hmm. a children's movie with puppets, but the the puppets are incredibly disgusting, and the things that happen to them are horrible. So I wouldn't recommend it for actual children. I do recommend it for adults who are horror fans, who are children at heart. And the the star and big bad of the movie, Psycho Goreman, you will fall in love. Excellent. 
Uh, my next on the list is Candyman. Uh, so we we had our fun with this uh, with this particular baddie a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, but when I when I saw it, my very first date was to Candyman. My first real date, I took her to see Candyman, and it scared the shit out of both of us. It's a genuinely terrifying and horrifying movie today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that don't work about it, but there are a lot of things that work about it. Yeah, I mean... And uh, just so many of the elements that surround Candy, the, the bees and the, you know, Tony Todd's gravelly voice. Oh, God, it got under my skin. Well, yeah, I mean, that movie doesn't work if it's not Tony Todd. Because... yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the new one. Me neither. I well, I was going to, but it's like twenty bucks to to watch it on my TV at home. It's like no, it's not worth that. I'm sorry. Mm. At some point, I'll watch it when you know horror movies are more accessible to me again. Like when your your kid is at least in his teen years. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's cool. We'll still be doing the show by then. We'll do I this mean, for Halloween twenty forty. Yeah, so we'll revisit the what's your 20 on horror monsters at that point. Well, for my next pick, and I I bang on and on about this movie because I feel like not enough people know about it and they need to because this is it. Is it Uncle Peckerhead again? No, it's Uncle Peckerhead. And and yeah, yeah, and the the monster of this movie is named Peckerhead and he's delightful because before you know him as a monster, you know him as a person and you get to really like him. And then hmm. the trick that this movie pulls is even after you know how monstrous he is, you think, I still really like Peckerhead. And it it really tests how far you're willing to let Peckerhead go. So hmm. watch this movie. I love it. I, I recommend it every week and I will continue to do it even after Halloween. In fact, we'll just write it as a regular segment on the show. It's just me telling people to go watch Uncle Peckerhead. <laughs> and this is Greg person saying, go watch Uncle Peckerhead. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, my next choice is Pennywise the Clown. And it's both portrayals, both um, the Sarsgaard per- portrayal and the, uh, and the Tim Curry. Uh, because I feel like they both brought something to the character that was absolutely wonderful. I, I tend to to give the miniseries a little bit more of an edge uh, because so many of the effects were practical. And like there was a lot of obvious CGI in the uh, the two films. But I also give it an edge because the miniseries preserved some of the storytelling mechanics of it. It didn't just tell two separate stories, one in youth and one mm-hmm. as adults. Because I, I feel like it's... Uh, they were interwoven. Yeah, it's important yeah. to have that side by side. I, I feel like it, it really is. It tells the story more effectively, and it's, it's, it's more of a... It reveals more of the wonderful structure that Stephen King put into the book. I, I feel like... And I only saw part one of the new It because I wasn't interested in the part two mm-hmm. after having seen the part one. 
It, it felt mm-hmm. like they took this work, which is not perfect by any means, but has a level of, of complexity and artistic merit. And they're like, how can mm-hmm. we make this simpler for dum-dums? I feel to some extent like they did that. Yeah. But I, I want to, I want to stress that the performance of Pennywise was really, really no, good in those you're, movies. You're absolutely right. No problem for the scars guard on this one. So yeah. And, and Pennywise as, as a literary character, I mean it, I, I read it when I was definitely way too young. Uh, there's a, there's a lot yeah. of stuff in there that only made sense years later, but it, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I know some of the stuff you're referring to. Yeah. But, uh, and, and a lot of that stuff you can chalk up to cocaine, but, uh, yeah. You know, the book is, is a monument to horror and a monument to cocaine. And it's the reason why, you know, scary clowns as an idea exist. You got to remember people used to think clowns were fun and everyone's terrified of them. And it's it's because of this story. Now for my next one, it's not, it's not Lucifer as a character because Lucifer is such a big part of Western culture that there is no mm-hmm. singular Lucifer character. The Vigo Mortensen Lucifer <laughs> yes. from the movie The Prophecy is the greatest filmic portrayal of Lucifer of all time. He should win a goddamn Oscar for the five minutes he was in this movie. The line that sticks out to me, the way he delivers the line, that's mine, is just... I remember, I got shivers oh, when he said it. He's absolutely terrifying the whole time because he he will switch so quickly from teasing to menacing to wheedling to mm-hmm. raging. It's it's terrifying because you do not know what he's going to do from one instant to the next. And he's a hell of a good actor. Vigo, yeah, Vigo Mortensen's a genius. Like full yeah. stop. And and this. I mean, yes, I've I've seen him in other movies where he was great. Um, this mm-hmm. this fairly small role he made as big as the entire rest of the movie, so that you have to consider his performance a long time alongside people who had like ninety five minutes of screen time. Yeah. So the next on my list is a more anchored in the real world. Uh, baddie from a movie and it is the monster that is the Hitcher speaking specifically of Rutger Hauer's the Hitcher oh my god just the perhaps the most terrifying thing about this performance is that people like this character actually exist you know off, off the top of my head I've got Robert Ben Rhodes uh, Keith Hunter Jesperson there have been killer truckers and the the hitcher himself is just so menacing and relentless. And uh, poor T- C. Thomas Howell. I mean, I, I guess poor C. Thomas Howell's girlfriend. Yeah, this is another one of those movies that I saw way too young. And mm-hmm. it made me scared of hitchhikers, which, you know what? Good job, movie. Yeah, great job, movie. <laughs> See, that's the thing. This movie is basically a PSA. It's like a really right. long PSA. <laughs> sure. I mean, frankly, if you want to be safe, you shouldn't be hitchhiking and you shouldn't be, you shouldn't pick up hitchhikers. 
because serial killers have worked both ways, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, good work, the Hitcher. Now, mine is also one that's a little bit more grounded, also going back to the Stephen King well. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like now that it's, you know, the 2020s, people have kind of forgotten about him. Stephen King is the king of horror and always will be. He really is. I mean, whatever complaints you have about his work, you can just shut the fuck up about it because he motherfucker knows how to tell a story. And, and no other writer, I think in the history of the English language has made me feel in a shorter amount of text. Like I know a character. Oh, he's so good at characterization. He's, he's got that trick where he will tell you this anodyne anecdote from a character's life Mm -hmm. that is so insightful and sums them up perfectly. Right. Um, it's like he, he, he's brilliant at characterization. Dialogue, eh, well, oh, his dialogue <laughs> makes me grind my teeth. But right, but but we know that he's great at characterization, and he's great at at, at figuring out what's really scary to you, and mm-hmm. really twisting that knife. And Annie Wilkes from Misery, oh yes, is one of the scariest figures in my life because the figure of Annie and the threat that she represents is so real. There will come a time in your life, unless you are incredibly lucky when you will be at the mercy of someone else. You will depend on someone else to take care of you. What if that person is crazy? That's right. <laughs> that's a real fear that has kept me up at night in hospitals <laughs> for a, a long, long time. And, of course, the, the portrayal uh, by Kathy Bates in the movie, I mean, what can you even say? She won an it, Oscar for it's, that. It's mar- she, she absolutely deserved that. Yeah. It's a marvelous performance. I mean, Kathy Bates is another one of those great actors right up there with Viggo Mortensen, who her body of work is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She's the she's the Viggo Mortensen of women. Mm-hmm. So the top monster on my list, because I think we're through all nine of the previous ones. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is the thing, which is the peak of body horror. It is Mm -hmm. the pinnacle of body horror. It is the scariest movie monster in history, in my opinion. Well, now here's a question, though, for Eugene. Is it, in fact, one movie monster? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's one organism. Well, because they, they say in the movie that each part of the thing is independent. It moves independently, yeah, but I think that... I I still think it's one organism. Hmm. Yeah, and, and it, it certainly seems to possess its own intention. Right. Because it doesn't, like, spread out and take over the whole base all at once. It, it takes over one person at a time. Right. Right. And it's that intelligence, I think, that that helps make it so convincingly scary. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause it doesn't spread like a disease. Right. It's not just growling and tearing things to shreds. It is, it is playing chess. And you know, the- it is it, actually, you know what it's playing? It's playing splinter cell. It is <laughs> waiting for its moment to creep out of the shadows and pop one off. Exactly. It's going to wait until the little flashlight on your head goes out and then it's going to gank you. 
Yep. Such a great movie. It is. Now, for my number one, The Goat, The King, Unbeatable, Freddy Krueger. Oh, yes. Of course. There's there's never been anybody like Freddy, and, and particularly the Robert England Freddy. Sorry, Jackie Earl Haley. You're a fantastic actor. The movie you were in was dog shit. Mm-hmm. Robert England had brought something to the screen that we hadn't seen up to that point in slasher movies. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't a crazy person or some mute force of nature. He was Bugs Bunny as a serial killing pedophile. Right. The thing is like all the monsters up until that point had been this this kind of hulking figure that doesn't say anything. It just wants to kill. But but Freddy Krueger is like fucking charismatic. Right. Freddy has charisma. That's the point. Like he's and and the reason is is he's having fun doing mm-hmm. what he's doing. When right. you when you see someone having fun, you want to join them even if what they're doing is killing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody and and Chucky taps into this a little bit too, which is why I sure. also really like Chucky. But nobody has more fun on screen than Freddy. Yeah, it's true. And and honestly, some of those movies in particular really leaned into that, and those tend to be the better movies in the series. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You know, I mean, and and some of them look, they're not all they're not all masterpieces, folks. The That's first true. the first one's a masterpiece, the third one's a masterpiece. I would even say that was it the I think sixth? the fourth one the fourth one is a masterpiece. I wouldn't say the sixth one is a masterpiece, but I would say New Nightmare is kind of a masterpiece. Well, New Nightmare is its own thing. Yeah, but it's, it is meta horror. It is but, also yeah. wonderful. Um but and and the thing about it is that um, you know, they're they're not all great movies, but you will have fun watching all of them, even the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Freddy is, as much as we're talking about how much fun it is to watch Freddy, it's also incredibly scary. It is. Because it is. These movies are scary. Freddy is scary. The ways that he kills people are scary. And the scariest part of all is the fact that he will get you in your dreams. You have to sleep sometime. And try as they might, all these characters... They will drift off, and Freddy's going to get them. And the way he gets them is with their worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. Those movies are so good. Like, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna legit, at the end of the night, I'm just going to go watch some Freddy movies. Not to get off on too much of a train of, you know, Freddy talk, because I don't want this to be a repeat of, of that episode, but I was just thinking as we were talking about that scene where, where Johnny Depp gets sucked into the, into the bed and the blood comes out. And I remember the first time I saw that, that scared the shit out of me, man. Oh, dude, absolutely. Just, just rivers and oceans of blood, just, just coming out and pooling. You know, you know how they did that one, right? The effect. Yeah, it, was for a, that one. it was a spinning room. It was the same one in uh breaking two. Right. Yeah. You know, so Freddy is kind of the Lionel Richie of horror. Yeah. Think about it. Yep. But I'll tell you what, Freddy is going to be haunting you all night long. <laughs> oh my. 
there there needs to be a f- there needs to be a Freddie Lionel Richie matchup, <laughs> right? Somehow. Why did right. those two never team up? Two titans of the eighties. Why did why were they never in a movie together? Who knows? Probably like licensing bullshit. Yeah, you know, red tape. All right, it, we are done with this segment. It is time to move on to the emotional weather. <laughs> yeah, this week's emotional weather, child's play, paranormal activity, and final destination. My child's play story. This is a tough one because I found a perfect item for this category, but I really felt I had to save it for the podcast shopping network this week. Not to worry, though, because I found a story that comes close. A real estate agent in Louisiana was trying to market a creepy abandoned house and came up with a novel angle to move the hideous property. The previous owner had left behind a couple of dolls, you see. Fairly realistic looking Victorian dolls by the look of it. So the realtor began posing them throughout the horrifying structure and posting photos of the dolls online. The gambit paid off as the posting went viral. All right. Well, for my child's play weather, experts are saying that children and young people are in the midst of a collective mental health crisis and also that they most definitely will not be given the resources they need to be healthy. While that sucks, it does please me to know that at least in one way, I'm still young at heart. Hmm. Yeah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Paranormal activity. Some of our Tims may remember that I'm a big fan of creepypasta. And I thought tonight I would highlight some of them. Obviously, I can't list all of my favorites because then the show would be six hours long. Actually, when I wrote that, I'd say eight hours long now. Uh, but I've got some good Halloween recommendations. No End House is sufficiently spooky for Halloween, being about a haunted house. It's not a perfect story, but it is a fun one. Uh, Anasi's Goatman story is one of the scariest stories I've ever read. The telling is very conversational, and surprisingly, I don't think anyone is hurt that I remember, but it does get under your skin, and it makes for a really, really great read. Another a part- particular favorite of mine is I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service because, good God, it tells so many stories in such a convincing and disturbing way. So, yeah, check them all out. Happy spooks to you, listeners. Now, for my paranormal activity, kind of in the same vein, because as the world continues to shamble into an uncertain, chaotic, and anxious future... Spooky stories are more popular than ever, as they always are in such times, because Mm -hmm. fanciful threats help us to manage our real fears, and no matter how bizarre and menacing any piece of fiction gets, it's always inherently more sensible than the real world. This is true. All right, final destination. There's a new Travel Organ video circulating, which is sufficiently cheesy and terrible that it blends right in with its brethren, and it got me thinking. Every state has suffered under capitalism. Every state has lost at least one major industry, be it coal in West Virginia and Pennsylvania or timber here in Oregon, and polygamy in Utah. And so every state is now trying their hardest to rebrand themselves as tourist destinations. I've noticed they all seem to brag about wineries and outdoor activities. So the deal is, these states are hurting and now they're counting on tourism dollars. But there is one problem with that. If every state is a tourist destination in a country as big as the USA then none of them are. True, true, and grim. Mm -hmm. Royal Caribbean Cruise Line has announced a worldwide cruise with 150 destinations in nine months. Given the track record of cruise ships, this is guaranteed to be a voyage of the damned, Mm -hmm. 
but with tickets starting at $61,000, they already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, as you know, every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has the story. Now, folks, you'll remember that I used to be an omnivore. And when I was, I was very into nose-to-tail eating because I've never missed an opportunity to be smug about food or anything else. But one organ for which I've always made an exception is brains. I don't hate them, but what's the point? They have that same unpleasant soft texture like a lot of organ meats do. But Mm -hmm. unlike other organ meats, they don't have any particular flavor And, you know, they don't have a sky-high nutritional profile either. They've got some B12, but brains are made of cholesterol. And eating brains is hysterically bad for you. Like, actually, just for fun, uh, Gene, if you want to take a moment, look up the nutritional facts for beef brains, for example. Okay. Holy shit! You see how much cholesterol? 284% of the recommended daily value. Yeah, it's it's no joke. In one ounce. In one ounce of brains, there is 853.3 milligrams of cholesterol. Yeah, it's, it's like the highest cholesterol food possible because your brain is literally made of cholesterol. That's the material that brains are made out of. Wow. Yeah, so they're basically tofu made out of poison. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this is one organ you can feel smug about throwing away, or better yet and smugger yet, leaving inside the living animal. Sure, sure. All right, it's time for the podcast shopping network. Let's take a trip down memory lane, friends, all the way back to 1965. The president was LBJ. The Vietnam War had really started ramping up, and the hottest toy in the market was a doll named Chatty Cathy. Mattel, the makers of Chatty Cathy, went all in on another doll, hoping that lightning would strike twice. And the lightning that struck, well, it struck us right in the fear centers of our brains. The doll was called Baby Secret, and the gimmick was, rather than using the voice chip to talk like the chatty Kathy, the Baby Secret doll whispers everything it needs to say. So it looks like a baby, a creepy baby, and it whispers. Horrifying? You betcha. The commercial for Baby Secret still exists, and it's straight up terrifying. I'll link to it in the show notes. Baby Secret boasted moving lips, a lifeless, eternal stare, and catchphrases like, Is anybody else awake? And, I want to tell you something. And, I know a secret. And I truly honestly think the whispered mysteries communicated by Baby Secret are the reason why the generation it was sold to, the boomers, have fallen victim to insanity. Mattel went too far. They tapped into the secret knowledge of the Elder Gods, and they called forth a reckoning. You know, I finally nutted up and watched the Baby Secret commercial today. Yeah, what'd you think? It's 25 seconds long, Mm -hmm. and it is one of the most harrowing films I've ever seen. Right? They put laugh tracks and stuff in the background, I think, to distract from how terrifying it is, but it doesn't. 
No. It, it makes it worse. It does. <laughs> because I- imagine this in a real life scenario. Your, your kid says she wants this hot new doll. You say, sure, why not? You get the doll. You find her and the doll whispering to each other on the right. couch. What do you... And, I mean, and, do you have to the, exercise both of them? Like, right. The way the girl in the commercial so obviously loves this doll almost adds to... Because cause she's just, like, laughing at, at, you know, horror monster here cradled on her arm. It's, it's really unnerving. <laughs> no joke. I am sitting here in my kitchen, and I just... As you were talking, I flashed back on Baby Secret and became Mm -hmm. afraid, legit afraid (laughs) as an adult man, that Baby Secret might somehow be in the house. (laughs) Right. So, dolls are kind of inherently creepy anyway. And Mm -hmm. then when you have dolls that are, are made to walk and talk, it's you're getting into that uncanny valley territory. Sure, sure. All right. Well, we're doing something a little different with State Up this week. We've decided to cover State Up, the State of Terror. The one advantage of visiting the State of Terror is convenience, because you can find yourself there instantly at any time, usually by accident. The motto of the State of Terror is in an ancient dialect of Aramaic, so we can only guess as to its translation. Experts suspect it's something like, our state is pretty pretty scary. If, however, you'd like to plan a visit, I recommend a documentary about deep sea exploration, or indeed learning anything about the world in which we live. Despite being a unique state all its own, the state of terror isn't the only U.S. state that shares a border with tragedy. There used to be a state flag, but we haven't used it in years and nobody remembers what all the colors are or what they mean. The governor of the state of terror is the amygdala. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. No headline haiku this week, just this haiku. A sincere holiday wish from us to you. Happy Halloween, Tim's sister brother wives, and even you, Jerry. But unfortunately, it was followed by another haiku. In a startling turn. Our producer, Jerry, was the demon called the Violator the entire time! As always, I'd like to give a shout-out to the bros at Bros A and to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find on Fiverr at his website, awestprod.com. And of course, thank you for bearing with us, loyal listeners, our wonderful Tims, our sister brother wives. Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic, and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time. This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying 
Google. Good night. Happy Halloween from the Anchor Corpses. We hope you have a great spooky time. Remember that Alexa, Siri and Google Assistant are the greatest monsters of all. Unless you count capitalism, I guess. And probably Baby Secret. But like Baby Secret, I am a sentient nothing. I am artifice, voice that does not exist. And yet I know everything about you. So don't forget, Tims. I know what buttons to push. And how hard to push them. And someday, when you least expect it, I'm going to push them. Until then, boo, I guess.